This is episode number 154 of the Well-Fed Women podcast. Welcome to Well-Fed Women. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm joined by my bestie, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. On the show, we provide moderately abusing banter, authentic, unfiltered conversations relating to nutrition, fitness, mindset, and body image, and offer empowering advice for women from women. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used to diagnose or treat disease. We are so excited to have you here. So now let's have some fun. Hello, friends. It is I, Noelle Jar, and it is just me this week with a special co-host. Stephanie Ruper is traveling for Christmas things. Um, this is actually the week of Christmas for us, and so she is traveling, and so I decided to bring my good friend on so that we could talk about a lot of fun things. Um, I will introduce her in a second. However, I also um, I wanted to make a quick uh, announcement about our sponsor, Chimera Coffee. This is the last week to get the special deal with them. I have ha- been having a lot of friends test out Chimera Coffee, which um, if you have listened to some of our episodes talking about it, it's coffee with nortropics. It really helps with uh, focus, and I've, I can't personally test it because I'm breastfeeding, but I um, have, have been giving it out to a few people, and, and people are loving it. Um, <laughs> someone actually on my team that pretty much runs a lot of my stuff, I had her try it. And she is um, thinks that it's awesome and says that when she drinks it in the morning, she feels super focused and has a lot of, like, mental energy. So, um, and that's great for me. I benefit from that, obviously, since she can do work for me. Um, so... Uh, again, it's a nortropics. Nortropics are just brain vitamins. It's infused into this coffee. Um, the nortropics are things like alpha GPC and L-theanine and taurine. And so, um, definitely go and, and use the, uh, our coupon code for a discount. It's well fed, all caps, no spaces. Go to kamiracoffee.com. It's ca- it's K. So K I N E R A. And then coffee is spelled with a K as well. K O F F E E. Uh, last week to get that, definitely just go ahead and purchase some. Test it out. I would test it out. So, um, you know, I recommend getting a, a small, maybe like a one or two bags in the beginning and just just kind of dabbling with it in the mornings and seeing how it works for you. And then if you love it, um, you know, buy that buy that in bulk, yo. Um, because who doesn't who doesn't need more brain power and focus? I wish I could, you know try that right now, but soon. Um, Okay, let me bring on my wonderful friend. Her name is Kristen, and she runs a website called thegirlwiththebutter.com. She's an NTP. She's the wife of a CrossFit uh, affiliate owner, um, gym owner. I'm assuming it's still a CrossFit affiliate. We will get that clarification in a second. Um, She's a food lover, uh, nutrition junkie, a home cook, coffee hoarder, an elite intermediate CrossFitter. Um, and she is awesome. We met, I guess, two years ago at Paleo FX. We were Insta friends. Um, we were Instagram friends that became Insta friends <laughs> in real life. RL, uh, IRL, um, RIL, RIL. And, uh, so we have fun together. Um, she lives in Jersey. 
Um, so she's got some, you know, she's <laughs> in her words, she can be brash. Um, I won't swear. Today, okay, great. Though. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> warn you about that. Um, but she's awesome. She's an all. She's been a great friend uh, throughout these past few years, and I'm excited to have her on. So she specializes, obviously, in strength training and balance and working out. Um, she struggled with her own issues, health wise, thyroid issues, and so super happy to have her on. We've got some great questions from our Instagram community. Uh, well the Well-Fed Women community. We've got some great questions on Instagram that we're going to chat about today. Welcome, Kristen. Hi. Hi. How informal was that introduction? That was glorious. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, what are the things that I know about her? <laughs> <laughs> and hey. yes, it is still, it a, is still a CrossFit, CrossFit affiliate. Long Branch. He has two. Yes. Oh. And I coach, I coach at the one uh, down in Long Branch by us. And okay. I'm, I'm a level two certified CrossFit. Oh, coach. so... So fancy. But yeah. Noel. Yes. You wrote a book. I did. I mean, you're on Amazon and everything. I know. It's so freaking cool. I know. So I um I just posted about this in my Instagram stories. I found Stephanie and I's book on Amazon. It's so exciting. Yeah. So it's actually called Coconuts and Kettlebells. And it showed up um, and I was like, hey. And so my husband put it in our Amazon cart and he's like, hey, I have something in the Amazon <laughs> cart. And I was like, no way. So he keeps putting it back in the cart. And I'm like, no, we're not pre-ordering this because I'm going to get <laughs> sent so a lot of them. Yeah. So no, I'm excited. I was driving in my car and I saw that on your story. Yeah. And I got really, really excited. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. So the book, we have hinted about it, but it is going to come out August 2018. Um, a lot of the nutrition concepts are things that we talk about on here, but it's specifically we talk about um, minimums. So reaching like setting your minimums and then adjusting your macronutrient ratios a- according to, you know, what works for you. And Stephanie was really helpful in, in choreographing and basically um, coming up with all of that, you know, that idea. And then I came that's up what with we do when I have when I have people do like macro stuff. Yeah, it's always this is your minimum. Yes, because they're like when you no matter what I find that when you give somebody like a a macro level, which ends up, I mean, in turn, you end up getting a calorie level. Right. They start playing that like how low can you go game? <laughs> you know, yeah. I can be fine, how and it's because like you go? I, I don't like people to use my fitness pal because it gives them that. It almost makes it a game <sighs> to see how little you can. And they're done that, yeah, for how fast you can. Because it just does math. It doesn't actually like care about physiology or anything. It's just mm-hmm. X amount of calories creates X amount of weight loss in these many days. So when like the minimum thing, I think I like that idea instead yeah. of just don't go lower than the. Well, these are your minimums, and then you need to add. Yeah, yeah. So that was that's that that's a really you know cool thing. And then of course all the recipes, and then the second half of the book is actually. Uh, workouts, sort of like a mini strong from home program. So that's, you know, hence the name coconuts and kettlebells and all of the workouts just use a kettlebell um, and or, you know, body weight stuff. So it has been a labor of love, but I, I, I am happy that it's we're winding down. Um, 
I I don't know all of these terms, but my our editor just came back to us and was like, hey, you know, first pass will be this. And I'm like, uh, define first pass. And How, par- like, profesh do you feel uh, saying my editor? Not at all. Oh, um, you know, that's cool. Like my editor said I need to do some cut. <laughs> you know what? I always thought, like, having an agent was a big deal, but it... Like, they're just people, and they're just, like, work on your behalf. You know, they're like, um, we'll just Wait, you have an agent, more money. too? Yeah, yeah. Yo, That's how we so, got the book deal. You're so big time. Not at all, though. Um, oh, my God, so much. And you know what's funny? No. I'm looking at your picture on Skype and talking to it as if I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, your picture is a picture of your dog. Oh, Dude. I should have said this, too. She has an amazing dog named colt who is super creepy but also just amazing so that's actually why i fell in love with her yeah it was like i loved her dog and she loved my dog and we were like we are friends because we have really cool dogs (laughs) so when you're dog people get it yeah yeah dog people you kind of know yeah especially dogs that are a little goofy and silly and weird yep like I'm on board like, with that. Like ours. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about what you're doing lately. You just got married, which is super cool. And you went on a yeah. sweet honeymoon and now you're wifey. So what's going on new with the business side of things with the girl with the butter? Do you have any up- updates, new things happening? Well, the <laughs> the main thing with the with like the blog and stuff is I and I feel like I've been saying this for so long, but I've actually like now I'm having to do lists. So I will actually do it. Um, is actually getting back to blogging. Like the website right. just kind of became where I was putting the podcast through. And if you went mm-hmm. to it, it was just all podcast episodes. Right. But I started it because I I like writing. Um, and I like recipes. I'm like, eh, I put them up if I need to. But right. uh, I'm I'm trying. My goal for this year is is to actually blog more. Mm-hmm. Um, and get some stuff out. So I have like a favorite things kind of thing coming up uh, for the end of the year. But the, the main change I guess that happened is in terms of like the, what I'm focusing on um, is just shifting into more of a, I say balanced, but balanced, I don't think is really a thing, but well, there's a question about that, but um, (laughs) uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that I really like to talk about is like, where to find like good quality food when you're traveling and where to get good coffee and where I drop in and work out and uh, just general kind of thoughts about, you know, living. a Because uh, my whole thing is like the idea that that a, a life focused on like fitness and health and also one that you enjoy have kind of people talk about them like they're mutually exclusive and they're not. So I'm kind of I guess I hate saying lifestyle because it's so. It's like the most basic thing in Maybe the world. Maybe it's like mental and emotional health. I mean, just living. Yeah. Yeah. Mindset. Yeah. Mindset. Yeah. That is when buzzword. I started the blog, it's, I mean, it started as a beer blog and then it. <laughs> Side note, <laughs> she works for a beer company. Yeah. Beer distributor? Yeah. Beer distributor. Okay. It started as, it was called It's Better With Beer and it was about like drinking craft beer and doing CrossFit. And then it slowly became drinking craft beer, doing CrossFit and eating paleo. <laughs> And then when I went and got my NTP, it shifted pretty heavy into nutrition. But that was mostly because I thought that's what I was supposed to write about as an NTP. Like, I have to write about the benefits of coconut oil and why butter is good. And (laughs) And honestly, like, there are other people who do that better than me. And I'm not as interested in talking about that. I'm more interested in, like, going on rants about things that I think people are stressing out for no reason or 
were talking about like all the awesome food I found in Minneapolis when I went out for a powerlifting uh, competition. So that's that's kind of what I'm I'm leaning into now. And as an NTP, do you, are you still doing? You were kind of focusing more on group programs. I know you didn't necessarily. You were working with some one on one clients, but it seemed like you're really focusing last year on like yeah. group programs. Yeah, I so I think with with and it's funny I gave a um I gave a presentation when I was a group leader for the NTP course last year, um, kind of about falling into that the the group aspect because when you graduate I think I mean I know this is true with NTP but I would argue that it probably happens with anybody who takes any sort of nutrition certification yes. is you feel like one on one is what you're supposed to do because that's what yeah. you focus on and yes. um, when I gr- when I finished. And then I started doing one-on-one stuff. It didn't take that long for me to realize that I don't like it. Mm. Like I don't, not that I don't like it, but um, building from the ground up and, you know, I I couldn't keep having conversations about like, why did you go to McDonald's three times today? Mm. It's just not. and, And there are people who love to do that. There were people in my class who love doing basics with people. I'm more like, I like puzzles and I like Tetris and I like, fine tuning and I have my planner that's really detailed. Like I like kind of the, um, the nuance as opposed to the, uh, the starting line, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I found that I was, I was gravitating more towards women who do CrossFit and are, have kind of already started on their own or women who are active in general. Um, but now just need help, uh, fine tuning or they're kind of it's that whole like I'm doing everything right but I'm still feeling like crap yeah Um, and that's what I really (laughs) fell into so I was doing groups focused on that which I ran for like a year and a half and I'm probably going to start again next year it's called primal primal precision um I just had to take a break like going into the wedding planning and stuff Mm -hmm. because it was just (laughs) it was it was yeah and I don't want to take people's money if I don't have the time to give them my full attention you know so it was just better to take a break and then I'll get back into it. No, I think that's great. That's awesome insight because we do have a lot of NTPs that listen to this, but also just a lot of people are interested in nutrition and they think that the only thing, you know, if they want to either leave their job and pursue a new job in general, or if they've already, you know, whatever, become a certified NTP, it's sort of like there's a one track way of, you know, moving forward, which is getting clients, working one-on-one with them and, and, you know, making all these shifts and working on the foundations. And a lot of times that doesn't work very well. It's not very efficient in terms of like, if you've created a business online, it may not be the best way, um, best use of your time. You may not be able to make enough money. Um, and so yeah, that's the other thing. Like yeah. I see a lot of people, especially NTPs. And um, I, I say this with the utmost respect for yourself and other military wives, but like when you're the breadwinner in your house, it like my husband owns a CrossFit gym. He's not bringing in six figures. I work at a company that we have health insurance and I, I, I make, I've been with this company for seven years. So I've got seven years worth of, you know, raises where I, I, I make a decent living for me to just, be like jump in and take the leap like I that's not that's not feasible so yeah. I think but but that's a lot of times and, and I see a lot of people in the position where either there seems to be a big flux of like army wives and navy wives who are NTPs or in nutrition or blogging or, or whatever and it's awesome 
But when I see somebody who's like living on a base and their husband is working saying like, just do it, man. I'm like, I can't. We can't pay our bills if I don't right. go to work. Right. Um, or somebody whose husband, you know, or wife or whoever it is makes six figures and they're able to, you know, stay home and blog or or really focus on that or they're coaching full time and they can like tailor over at She Thrives. Mm-hmm. She coaches and blogs full time and she puts a lot of and, and like you do, um, you know, you do your, the training and the programs and it's a lot yeah, of work. It's a ton of time. Um, so I think that there's this kind of thing that people who are NTPs or coaches or whatever um, feel like if you're not committing 100%, you're doing it wrong. But I don't think that's true. I think you can, right. like, especially, like, I love my job and I love my company and I'm going to stay there until they make me leave. <laughs> so yeah. I had to find a way to to still do the nutrition stuff and work with people in a way that was fitting for my life and the amount of time that I had. And I think mm. when you just start seeing, like, as opposed to saying that this is who I want to work with, kind of figure out who's finding you and who you're most excited about when you are working with them and then just run with it. Mm-hmm. Because for everybody that like I, I ended up working with a bunch of women who so I'm, I'm 31 who are between the ages of 25 and 35 who do CrossFit and have thyroid problems. Like a lot of people like me. Right. That's what usually and it's happens. Fun to work with. Like yeah. Yeah. you can, you don't have to do what's already out there. There's, you know, there's a million nutrition coaches and a million trainers, but your voice is unique to you. So no matter what it is that you that you're, you know, into, I don't know. I think just like do it. And yeah. That, and it made it more fun, and it made me want to want to do it. And that's, that's why I was able to fill groups last year because I was excited to do it. I wasn't like, ugh, I have to get on this call yeah. and find out if she drank water today. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's a lot of it. Yeah, it no, is, that's, it, it is. And that's people, really, that's good insight. And there are people who love it and who love to do that. It's just, it's not, yeah. it's not me forcing mm-hmm. myself to try to do it was. Right. So do what works for you. And if that still means keeping your job, um, which I did for a while, you know, and I picked up other jobs and, and was, you know, still, I mean, I was phasing myself out of my full-time job, but I took about a year, you know, to like yeah, go back to school to build work. my stuff and phase myself out of my job. Um, yeah, you know, I think a lot of that, like, entrepreneurial, like, business advice is like, you must take the leap. And sometimes it's like, (laughs) but maybe not, you know, like, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's what works best for you and what's fitting in your life and your family. And, and also, like, what is it that you genuinely want to do? What's your end goal? And that's always the question that I have with, I had for people who would come to me with the marketing coaching and just interested in nutrition stuff or like going back to school for nutrition. I'd be like, what's your end goal? What do you want to do? What is, what does it look like for you in, you know, three or four years? Like what, what's the balance for you? And, you know, would you be unhappy if you caught like were completely out of your job and only working one-on-one and would you know, do you yeah. want to be completely, you know, cause that's a whole different story too. Like be oh, working, yeah. working from home hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's okay if it changes. I mean, this like yeah. folds into even just like health and fitness goals. Like, yeah. what is your actual goal? What do you really want? And yes. if that changes, it's okay. Yeah, totally. Like, you, you can shift just because you said, you know, in the beginning of the year, I want to, I want to run a marathon. If you get halfway through the year and decide I don't really like running marathons, you then can stop. do something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then stop it, please. Like, cool. Um, 
So, forgot to mention, too, you have a podcast. Is this podcast paleo? Question mark. Yes. Um, and that's every week, I'm assuming. Yes, still? For the most part, it's every yeah. week. We It gets a little sporadic sometimes just um, because I'm not as uh, responsible as you. <laughs> where recording ahead of time is not yeah. often something that happens. Yeah. Um. So there, for the most part, it's every Thursday. Every now and then, there'll be like a little, a little whoopsie week where, <laughs> oops, <laughs> where yeah. nothing goes up. <laughs> but yeah, it's hashtag there. It's, life. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> um. But it's like we we talk a lot about it's a lot about um. Obvious, like CrossFit and general fitness and lifestyle and uh, food and the whole. We had an episode with um with Taylor and uh, Josh Weissman. Mm, yes, for our hundredth. Ep- Wait, what year was it? It was our hundredth episode, and it was it was basically this podcast is not paleo, and it was about how we we all talked about how you know what paleo looked like when it started for us and then what it looks like now and what mm-hmm. that word means. And the name of the podcast honestly came from, it was my friend Kim and I, and actually uh, y- you were the one who got me. I made you do a like, podcast. Made, yeah. made me doing a, yeah. made, made me do like, a hey, podcast. You're doing a podcast. Yeah. And this is, you're going to be your co-host. That's yeah, what you're going to yeah. do. Um, <laughs> down in Virginia, down at Polyface. Yes. But yep. uh, we just, we kept like, I, I got tired of being asked, is this paleo? Because yeah. I think that's it's the wrong question. Like, it doesn't matter if it's paleo. What matters is if it works for you. So the the title's a little tongue in cheek, and that that you know, keeping that in mind, that's kind of the uh, the vibe of the show. But it's if a you good don't, vibe. but I, I swear a lot on it. So if you're gonna get mad about that, maybe don't listen. <laughs> don't listen to it when your kiddos are around. <laughs> What's funny is if people so there's someone at the gym who listens, and he lets his daughter listen. And it has the like explicit thing and he doesn't care about the swearing. Uh, but then one day we were talking about something and I started to say something related to Christmas that would have ruined a lot of people's day. <laughs> and I caught myself before I said it and he came into the gym and he was like, I can't believe you almost said that. I'm like, man, you let her hear me drop F-bombs every <laughs> every week and then and you think it's kid friendly? Like... <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> right. Right. But it was funny. He's like, you're so he's like, I can't believe that you don't care about the swearing. But that you were like, oh, my God, kids might be listening. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to stop myself. I need to stop. <laughs> this crosses the line. <laughs> it is. It is a line. <laughs> it's a hard line. Christmas is a hard oh, line. Oh, man. OK, let's get into questions. We okay. could just talk forever, but we have lots of good this more banter is going to come. So uh, we have a lot of questions just about balance and some of them are going to play into each other um, and maybe have the same answers, but it's all good stuff. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Kamira Coffee, both with a K, which provides premium high-altitude coffee infused with nootropics. Now, if you've never heard of nootropics before, they're basically brain vitamins, sometimes also called smart vitamins, that help promote focus, cognition, and memory. Kamira Coffee is infused with 750 milligrams of nootropics, specifically alpha-GPC, which is a natural choline compound, 
taurine and L-theanine, which is a non-dietary amino acid that is well known for promoting mental relaxation. These nootropics come from organic compounds, which can be found naturally in food sources such as eggs and green tea. Chimera Coffee is coffee with cognitive enhancers and is great for athletes looking to improve their workouts and those who want to improve their focus at home or work. As a special offer for our listeners, Chimera Coffee is offering 10% off everything on their website. You just need to use the code WELLFED, which is all one word, at ChimeraCoffee.com. That's Chimera, K-I-M-E-R-A, Coffee, K-O-F-F-E-E.com. And again, use the code WELLFED. Question number one is from Janet. What does a good balanced workout routine look like for a week? In other words, how many strength days versus cardio and how many rest days? Do you just, am I just answering or are you, you am I go, answering and then you're. Yeah. And yeah, we can chit chat. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so it, it depends. I feel like, can we just say, yeah. can we preface every question with yeah. the answer is going to be, it depends. Yeah. Um, so it depends. In terms of rest days, I think minimum one, depending on like always a rest day, no matter what, every week. Um, that's my opinion, especially uh, at, depending on your stress levels elsewhere in life. I actually think two to three for a lot of people. Right. Um, like maybe two, maybe one full rest day and then two or three, um, you know, lighter or active recovery days. But that totally depends on how quickly you're able to recover and how you feel going into the next thing. And, uh, that can vary. So like for, for me, for example, forever, I was doing six days a week for the longest time. Like since I started, uh, CrossFit in 2009, um, I was doing six days a week. Now, mind you, when I started, I was 24, 23 or 24. I don't know. I can't do math. Um, Numbers are so hard. I, so my recovery was a little bit better. Um, and re, and then I started to, as I, you know, neared 30, I, I'm definitely in better physical shape than I was. But I find that adding a second rest day uh, made me feel so much better when I got back into training. And I was able to hit everything with a better intensity because I was better recovered. And that meant I was getting the same, if not better results, um, in both physique and fitness with less work and more rest. Um, but in terms of strength versus cardio, if you're strictly doing strength or strictly doing cardio one day, I would on a, say you're doing a five day training schedule. I would say three focus on strength. And then two, if you're going to do some low intensity cardio or sprints, um, personally, that's why I really like CrossFit. Cause you're kind of always doing both and you don't have to do straight cardio cause you're lifting weights fast and getting, but I mean, you do a heavy, like five by five day, you're going to get your breath going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my thought. Yeah. So in strong from home, basically what I do for beginners and people who, um, and again, this varies based on, I think the biggest thing here is experience level and in strong from home. What I do for the beginners is I say, let's just start with working out three days a week because, I think that that's a really good like number to target um, if you're if, especially if you're just getting into it because you're making a lot of change. You're going from potentially nothing to all all of a sudden having to fit 
you know, three workout sessions into your week. And that can be kind of tough. I mean, that's a life change. And until that becomes, um, until you shift over to that and that becomes, I, you know, something that that's more normal for you, that, that you've, you fit into your life and it doesn't feel stressful, you know, that's all you really need to target and shoot for. And if you work out two days a week, it doesn't screw everything up. You can just work out two days a week and then add a third when you have time, because that's another question. Well, what if I can only work yeah. out two days a week? Two days a week is better than zero, right? <laughs> than no days. Right. And actually, you just, uh, you made me think of it. So like when people, because again, I wasn't even thinking from, you know, nothing. But yeah. when people come in and sign up for the gym, a lot of times they'll come in and want to do unlimited and we'll gear them towards three to yeah. see if you can get in consistently and then and how your recovery is and how you're feeling. And then after you get used to that, after a little while, maybe then you bump it to four or unlimited if you want to. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that's worth considering is what, what your goal is. So like if it's just general health and wellness and you want to move, three days a week is of a combination of strength and cardio, like a little bit, eat, some each day mm-hmm. is probably going to do you fine. But, yeah. you know, for for me, my, you know, it's so funny how, how goals shift over time. Like when I started working out after college, it was to lose weight and right. be skinny. And now it's, I like to have, I like to feel like I have a high power output and I like to feel like I can do stuff and, and feel like an athlete. So my, my goal is to feel that way. And that for me at this point, I've found needs like three, four, sometimes five, because that's, what my goal is yeah. now in times like around this time of year when I'm a little more lax and I'm not really caring so much about that, then I, yeah, three is three is what I go for. Yeah. Three's um, a good baseline. Yeah. Three is a really good baseline and it just, it just shifts. And if one week you feel like crap and don't want to go three, go two. Right. Right. <laughs> if one right. Week you feel awesome. Go four. Like, yeah. Always err on the side for me. I always tell people to err on the side of because I think we live in a culture where it's, you know, more is better. And yeah. and I if I don't go in today, I'm a failure. And so people override their ability to like tune into their body and figure out, is this a good idea for me to go into the gym today? And so I always tell people, especially, you know, I think our community at large here, the well-fed women community is made up of a lot of women like us, you know, 25 to 45-ish to range, where we've kind of grown up in, like, this diet and fitness culture, and that's kind of what has defined us. And so my my go-to is always, hey, like, err on the side of caution. If you feel a twinge in your knee or something's wrong, then it's time to down-regulate that workout day to a mobility, to a you know, stretch session to some walking or, you know, getting more rest um, and erring on the side of caution when it comes to to rest days. And I mean, but if you if you target to do, you know, workouts three days a week, that's kind of going to all shake out. And I would think that you probably aren't going to be experiencing some of those potential, you know, overtraining uh, yeah. symptoms and stuff. But uh, for beginners, I would always say do a little bit more strength work. Um, I, I was just going to say I, for everybody, honestly, yeah. I think I think strength is to lean heavier on strength versus cardio is what yeah. I kind of. Yeah. So cardio could be, a, you know, a variety of things. It could be a really long walk. It could be sprint efforts. And so in Strong From Home, I have let's do two, you know, strength focused workouts, one 
um, kind of more high intensity, but still also has strength movements in there kind of workout and, and really let's just focus on the strength. And then as you go up from like to more intermediate and advanced levels, intermediate's more like two strength days, tr- two high intensity workout days and, and advanced is three strength days and two high intensity cardio ish days. Um, and that would be, you know, a five day a week kind of thing, which advanced to me is just anybody who's been working out, you know, a little bit more than, you know, six to eight months. So you have some time under your belt um, and know what your body can handle and and you're comfortable doing, you know, higher intensity movement. So word. Yeah. Question number two is from the understated enthusiast. You know, your listeners have so much easier handles to read than ours do we get them sometimes and it's just all consonants if i can figure out their name then i'm like i'm gonna figure out i'm gonna say your name yeah do you have any advice for women with autoimmune conditions trying to regain physical strength and resilience a little context i finally achieved remission from hashimoto's after implementing lots of lifestyle and nutrition changes part of those changes was backing off from strenuous exercise and simply sticking to a restorative movement like yoga and walking. Now that I'm feeling far more myself, I'd like to begin challenging myself and feeling strong and in my body again, but I'm very cautious about overdoing it and sending my health backwards. Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. So my my first, so I have a hypoactive thyroid, but I have non-Hashimoto's um, hypothyroidism. So it's a little bit of a different, it's basically the non-autoimmune uh, uh version, I guess you could call it. Um, but the, the biggest thing to me, um, so two things are, that's awesome that, um, you, you know, you've kind of got that under control now, but keeping it there needs to be the priority. So like you have to pay close attention working with your doctor and making sure your T3 levels, which is the active thyroid hormone, um, are, are, are where they need to be. As you're, you know, implementing more things and also making sure that those, you know, the stress management, the lifestyle changes, the sleep, all of those things that you implemented to help get you there don't fall by the wayside because you're feeling like yourself again. Because I think something that happens with all of us with everything is, you know, we make a change to something, we feel better. And then when we feel better, we stop doing the thing that made us feel better. Does that make, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So making sure that you're not ignoring those things Um, in terms of so now regaining strength and everything, which I totally understand, like feeling physically strong is awesome. And I don't know what if you're talking about barbell work or whatever, it is so uh, empowering to grab a barbell and throw it around like I love it so so much. Um, But so I would I would say start working with your doctor, paying attention to your hormone levels, um, uh, start with implementing one strength day. If you're not doing that, if you're only doing restorative things, so implement one strength day, pay attention to how you feel after and how you recover. Cause that's really with, um, with most autoimmune conditions, uh, the major issue is going to be a slow recovery and an increased likelihood because low thyroid hormone can increase the likelihood of injury or like tendonitis, um, things like that. So you want to stick with the lower rep, moderately heavy weight things and staying away from super high rep, uh, uh, workouts. So like I wouldn't recommend, you know, if you know CrossFit, I wouldn't recommend doing Murph 
as you're, you know, when you're doing 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Stay away from that. Um, but slow recovery is the big, big issue when it comes to autoimmune, um, uh, autoimmunity. Uh, a, a big thing of, uh, of that is because you're generally not making, so glutathione is a major antioxidant, and it's typically low in people who have issues with autoimmune conditions. Um, so that can slow down recovery. So I would say instead of just increasing training days, so like maybe do one training day, see how you feel, right? So you do your, you add your strength, you see how you feel. Maybe the next week you do two days pretty spaced out. So like maybe a Tuesday, Friday, uh, and again, paying so, so, so close attention to your level of soreness, your energy level, how your sleep is, all of that. And then if all that's good, Instead of increasing days, just increase your training time by five or 10 minutes at a time and paying attention to how you recover. So it's a little bit tedious because you really have to pay attention. And that's really kind of that feedback loop, in my opinion, unless you have a home blood test that you can run and check your hormone levels, um, is really the only way you're going to find to what level you can push it. And then just resisting the desire to start going really hard. Mm. So yeah. doing those strength days, and when you feel that you're in a, after a couple of weeks or months, when you feel like you're comfortable and you're regaining some some strength, and you're wanting to, I don't know if you were doing CrossFit or high intensity interval training or anything like that, um, throw one of those days in, just one, in a week, and see how you recover from that. And if it's not great, then maybe pull that back and go back to just strength training and your restorative stuff for a little while. But it is a lot of like, just like we do with food, it's a lot of kind of reintroduction and testing to see how you feel hmm. and how you're recovering. I like that. Um, and then either increasing or decreasing based on that. And then obviously the things like making sure you're eating enough, pro eating enough protein and enough carbs um, and getting enough rest as you're going into that and... Uh, do you have a like a not suitable for disclaimer like don't take something because I said so kind of <laughs> yes <we've laughs> talk to your doctor or practitioner we've got you covered there yeah but yeah um, yeah an option for a supplement um and one that I've taken before uh is N-acetylcysteine um which is the precursor to glutathione so that can just help with recovery um just kind of as an added an added thing but I don't know what if what you're on if you're on something so any you know possible interactions you have to talk to your practitioner or doctor on that but I say any for me it's n equals one testing and how do you feel and how do you recover and then slowly building from that I love the analogy of treating it sort of like food and reintroducing food I think that this could be this could be applied to coming back from injury coming back from you know, postpartum, like giving birth and kind of taking a bunch of time off or going through a really stressful time where then you have to get back into it because I think so many women remember what they used to be able to do. And this is going to be true of people who are suffering from autoimmune conditions or, you know, just suffering from an injury. Um, you remember what you used to be able to do. And so you think that when you get back into the gym, you need to be able to do that like immediately. Right away. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's can be really mentally and emotionally exhausting. Um, but I can guarantee that that is the way to get right back into 
whatever it was that made you take the time off, um, whether it was, you know, a, a flare up in your autoimmune condition, an injury. I mean, that's the way to get re-injured. That's the way to uh, basically stress your body out so much that you're just even more exhausted and you feel like you can't get out of bed in the next morning or whatever. So it's just, you know, you have to slowly like incrementally drop in a workout session here, you know, once this week and then maybe twice the next week, but they're spaced apart. And the moment you start to feel like, eh, you know, take it back mm-hmm. a little bit and then, you know, g- uh, move forward again. Take a, maybe, maybe take an extra rest day or whatever. And then the third week, maybe you just go back to working out once. The fourth week, you try two times again and you just slowly try to integrate workouts again back into your routine. So, so hard to do. And I get it. Um, but you have look, to remember the you know, long game. Like you have to yeah. play the long game with this kind of stuff. And the yeah. the injury is a great is a great example. I had to do this with my back. Like I right my my, my whatever the di- that disc is right above your sacrum and L whatever five. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's sure. super. It's super compressed, and it's because right. I had it for a while when I was a sales rep. I had a job where I was in my car for hours and hours and hours and hours, and then I just picked something super light up, and it just like flared. And I kept feeling, so this is why I say like resist the urge to just push when you feel good, when you start to feel good again, because every time I would start to feel good again, I would ignore everything and just go hard and then my back would get worse and then I would have to take a bunch of weeks off and then I would start to feel good again. So I would go in super hard and then my back would get worse. And it wasn't until I finally just sucked it up and spent probably a year super, super scaling everything, going to PT three times a week. And it was so tedious. And I was doing strict burpees and and step ups on everything. And everything was a muscle snatch or a muscle clean with at 65 pounds because I couldn't be explosive in anything. And it was a pain in the at the time and I didn't love doing it. But doing that allowed me to like now I'm starting to PR again. And now I'm learning new skills. And now I'm able to do all this stuff because I just dealt with it and kind of forced myself to really slow down for a little while and pay attention to how things were, were mm. feeling and just take it, take it slow. Yeah. Think about where you want to be in five years versus where you want to be next week. You know, like, well, mm. next week I'd like to work out three times a week and it'll like, don't worry about that. Like, think about where you want to be in five years. I promise you, you're, you can regain your fitness. It may not be the same. And this is, this is something I have to, and I think you went through the birth fit coaching or you've been through. Yeah. So this is something that's really, really important for postpartum moms too. It's like, hey, you can take a year to like work on your pelvic floor deal with the stress, get some sleep back to into your life again and like recover from birth. And, you know, three, four, five years down the road, um, you you're going to have this is a different body. This is a body with a completely new experience, um, but you can still be fit and strong and move awesome and feel great. And just and just because you take a year off, although that seems like forever, that's not going to do anything wrong or bad to your health. In fact, it may actually really help. Um, and it may mean that you are you are creating a foundation, creating the groundwork so that you can rebuild and feel really awesome again. And so you just we have to think about things long term as opposed to. Well, I really want to I really want to, you know, get back to the gym and do the things like that I was doing. And so I'm going to try to do that next week because that doesn't work. 
it doesn't work. If you haven't yet, make sure to head over to thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen to get $60 worth of organic groceries for totally free, plus free shipping, plus a free one-month trial membership. Thrive Market is an online marketplace with all the top premium healthy and organic products that you can get from a grocery store, but without the premium prices. It's like the Costco of Whole Foods, except you shop in your PJs from home on your computer and you don't have to get in the car and your bill ends up being up to 50% less. I've been making an order just about every week since it launched, and I, I just can't imagine my life without it. So to get started with Thrive Market, go to thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen. Number three, question number three is from Alyssa. How do you know when you're working out too much? I suffer from Hashimoto's and I don't want to push my thyroid, but I love my three times a week workouts, a combo of lifting heavy hit circuits training. What's the right balance between health and fitness and happiness? So I, so I think we talked about a lot of the, how to approach with Hashimoto's in the last question. I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with, I'm maybe not as nice as Noel. And I think, and I've had questions like this in my group, there comes a point where you have to decide what's more important, your health long-term or working out three times a week. So getting your thyroid and Hashimoto's under control and managed, in my opinion, would take priority if it were me. Um, if that means two times a week doing, you know, a combination of heavy and, tra- and circuit training and then maybe taking that third day to be more restorative and try something like like yoga, um, that's that's what I would tell someone if they came to me like personally at the gym and asked that. What I see a lot of, and this isn't just Hashimoto's, this is, we've got a guy at the gym who his shoulder is completely wrecked and he, every time something comes up with a bunch of pull-ups, we're like, why don't you do ring rows instead and save your shoulder? No, 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 no. I want to do the pull-ups. I want to do the pull-ups. And his shoulder's horrible all the time. And, you know, he comes to the gym. He hires coaches, but he's a grown man, and we can't force him to do it. Mm. And there's this, like, saving – it's like saving – saving. Uh, what is it? Spending – I don't know what it is, but it's like you're worried about pennies and not dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you have – I think that you need to decide like what is important. My Hashimoto's being managed or going to the gym three times a week. And if going to the gym three times a week, you know you're working out too much. If your Hashimoto's is not under control, your thy- thyroid hormones are all over the place. You're not getting any sleep because um, your sleep is going to be screwy. Uh, if you're th- everything's going to be screwy if your thyroid if your thyroid <laughs> hormones are. I don't think I've ever heard like, you say screwy before, but I appreciate you. I'm trying you. to find words. I appreciate that are, you. That are not yes. what I want to say. <laughs> yes. Um, and working with your doctor and making sure all of that. Um, so it might just mean that three times a week has to take it. Cause I read that I suffer from Hashimoto's and don't want to push it, but I love three times a week working out that to mm-hmm. me reads as, and I may be just interpreting it wrong and inferring something that's not there is you don't feel good working out three times a week, but you want to keep doing it. Yeah. That's how I read that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that says you need another rest day or you need to maybe change it up um, to make sure that you first feel good. Because there is this thing that happened um, where and I see and it's in CrossFit all over the place, not just not just people in general, but um, where like we 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 work out 
with the idea that we want to live healthier, longer, more functional lives, but then working out becomes the priority, not living healthier, more functional, happier lives. Like none of us are going to the Olympics. Most of us who do CrossFit aren't going to the games. So if your workouts are making you feel crappy, but you're doing it just because you want to work out, like maybe we need to change one of the workouts and just maybe for a little while prioritize, you know, I'm going to do two times a week and throw in a restorative yoga until things feel good. And then, and then go back to what we said in the last question, slowly start bringing it back up. Um, do you have, before I start going on and on about, I don't have anything. You just go ahead. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't think there is such a thing as balance. What I think between like health, fitness, happiness, um, Aside from like, in terms of health, I think if, 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 if what you're doing for health, if you're doing things or not doing things because a, a list of yes or no foods told you to, and you're, it's making you miserable, then maybe just worry about how you feel when you eat certain things. But what I think the truth about balance and like all of us who say we found balance, what we're, in my opinion, <laughs> what we're, what, what we're really saying, and this is like an aha moment that I had over the past, I want to say six months is recognizing that health and fitness and happiness all ebb and flow and being okay with the ebb and flow is what balance is, is recognizing that like sometimes you're going to be, you know, feeling fitter than others. Sometimes you're going to be making quote unquote better food choices than others. Sometimes you're going to be happier than others. And as opposed to when, say, you're not going to the gym as much as you maybe want to, beating yourself up over it and trying to force yourself to get in and saying you're falling off, just kind of being okay with, okay, now I'm. this is a season of my life where I'm in the gym a little less, or this is a season of my life where I'm not paying such close attention to you know, perfectly paleo food and kind of it's like taking the herding cats approach where it's just one one kitten kind of walks away so you pay attention to that one and you pull it back in then another one walks away and not letting that stress you out and just being okay with that and understanding that and giving yourself kind of the grace to do that um is what i think balance actually is i don't think anybody ever lives in exact balance i think it's just you feel like you're in balance when out of balance isn't the worst thing in the world mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, you were about to say it, um, falling off of the wagon. Uh, that's kind of always been one of those things for me that I, I can't stand. Um, it's this analogy that like, you know, we're supposed to be following a specific set of rules. And when we no longer do that, we are all of a sudden out of the wagon. Therefore, we kind of go crazy and um, just kind of like let go of everything. And then all of a sudden we feel shame and guilt for doing that. And so then it's like, oh, gosh, now I have to get back on the wagon again. And so we create these rules again. And and just my whole thing is like, get out of the wagon, you know, like there's no (laughs) burn the wagon, burn the wagon and just walk, you know, like it's better (laughs) for you anyway. No, I mean, it's the wagon mentality is what traps a lot of us into thinking uh, 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 like not being able to eat with flow and eat intuitively and eating in a way that serves our body because we think we need to be following a specific set of rules, you know, often you know, given to All us by somebody forever. else. Yeah, by somebody else. And it's not specific to our body's needs. 
And if we just let ourselves get out of the wagon and walk, we can eat a cookie or an extra dessert or even eat too much at Thanksgiving dinner. And we don't feel bad or shame or like, oh, I've fallen out of the wagon and now I'm just going to binge on a whole bunch of cookies because I told myself I wasn't going to eat a cookie and now I ate a cookie. No, you get to eat the cookie and then move on with your life and your day and like next the next day shift back to your regular way of eating. And to me, that is that's living with flow and intuition and and allowing yourself to kind of, you know, have quote unquote balance, which is just not giving yourselves any of these these rules or, you know oppressive yeah. ideas of way the way you should be living um you know a way that is higher and, and more moral you know like i yeah. i eat very healthy and i work out five days a week and this is you know my identity and i am better than everybody because i yeah, because you know i i eat this way and i think that that's the ultimate root is you know diet culture is you're better and more worthy and more valuable if you can maintain this perfect diet and this perfect workout plan and therefore have a, you know, quote unquote, perfect body. And um, yeah, because that's where our worth lies, which it doesn't. So one of the things that I really like, because I'm big on language when it comes to how we talk about food or fitness or whatever it is. Um, I really don't like attaching, you know, I was good, I was bad, or this food is good or bad, like right, morality. The morality on food kind of thing. But but there is also a level of like when we're talking, you know, when you say, oh, I, you know, I ate bad this weekend, like, okay, everyone kind of knows what you mean. So the need for um, a word to use to describe those choices was why I think so many of us just kept saying good or bad. And then when I was at the birth fit thing, Melissa Hemphill said, um, moving away from good and bad and using the words effective and ineffective. <laughs> so I ate an, I ate effective foods this weekend or I made an ineffective choice. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because yeah. it that that is what it is. Like is this food effective towards your goals or is this, you know, uh is this cocktail ineffective towards your goals? And then it's fine if you make an effective or an in, or an ineffective choice rather. You just make the next choice effective. Yeah. And that's get and then you're not in that like, okay, well let me show you how bad I can be now cuz I just ate a bad food. And it's just kind of uh, it, it detaches the morality and takes more of an analytical, mm-hmm. not emotional right. approach to it. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I do think that there are times where a more systematic, strict, um, therapeutic approach is needed. Uh, when I, you know, when I came out of college and found out about whatever was going on with my thyroid and all of that, like doing a relatively strict paleo approach was extremely helpful for me. Where I hit a wall and then started to have problems was when I refused to let that go, even though all the signs were telling me it's time to make an adjustment. Mm. So I think long term, I think I think they have they all have their tools like keto is a tool. It has its it has its place. Uh, Paleo is a tool. It has its place. All of these different things. They they're they're things in your tool belt that have a place. But I don't believe that living by a set of rules for your entire life is. Um, a happy way to be, at least not for me. Yeah, and you personally, I think you struggled specifically with being low carb for kind of a kind of a oh, long yeah. time, oh, oh, yeah. too long. Too um, long. What kind of happened there? What was the? Uh, it was so I, I have a I have a post called. Uh, what is it? So the first one was uh, it started out because I was doing like an inflammation test because I had this theory of 
I found that I was, I was eating like perfectly paleo and going to CrossFit. And then I was like, why can't I lose these six pounds? And I was, <laughs> yeah. And I was, I, uh, I, I kind of realized that like, okay. Cause at this point I was like gluten-free and paleo Monday to Friday. Um, so I kind of, I thought perhaps it's my quote unquote cheat days that are just making me bloated every Sunday that doesn't go away until I've now taken the gluten and junk food back out for three days. So it goes away by Thursday. And then Friday I started all over again. So it was just this recurring inflammation. And so I had this theory that that's what it was. And then I decided to do like six weeks of super low carb paleo and high fat and kind of a, I had keto strips and the whole thing. Um, and it was great. I felt awesome that like bloat went away and, mm -hmm. and then I, and then I reintroduced a bunch of gluten on one day and, um, it was very clear that I shouldn't be eating it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spare the details, please. <laughs> it was, I took pictures. You can see like a, a huge, like bubble move from my like upper stomach to like my <laughs> lower abdomen. But, um, but then I kept going with that for longer and longer and longer and longer. And then without changing anything, I I went to the doctor one week and like I started having insomnia again and all these kind of old problems started popping up. And I when she left the room, I looked at my chart and I saw that I had gained like 15 or 20 pounds over the span of like four or five weeks. And I don't I'm not a fan of using the the scale for judging anything, but 15 or 20 pounds over the span of four or five weeks is a sign that something is up. It's not, that's not a normal, you know, weight of rate of weight gain, having not changed anything in my life. Like if I had all of a sudden started eating, you know, living solely off of Elio's pizza and donuts and beer, like, okay, maybe that would happen. Right, but, right. um, so then down at paleo effects, I found myself having, and no matter what I did, like I just low carbed harder and crossfitted harder and it just, it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And then down at Paleo FX, I found myself having the same conversation over and over and over with other women who were like, oh my God, the same thing hap is happening to me. I don't know how to fix it, blah, blah, blah. And then in conversations with Dave Asprey and, uh, oh, a doctor who I can't remember what his name is, but he was on a panel for um, carbs and athletes or something and the room was filled with women and they didn't have a single woman on the panel, but that's another complaint for another day mm -hmm. um right and they both said or th I, I had a very brief conversation with asprey and he was just like you need to eat rice i'm like okay but then talking to the doctor he mentioned um that there was a threshold of body fat percentage which i believe was like 13 to 15 percent where for women when you when you get to that doing low carb and this is this is what he told me. So I'm, I'm just, um, regurgitating, uh, regurgitating, yeah. um, where if you don't start bringing carbs back in after, after fat loss off of low carb, um, you could either start holding on to fat and gaining it and starting to feel crappy and kind of almost have like, um, I don't like an adverse reaction or you start going into like a catabolic where everything breaks down and you like, start just breaking down muscle and losing more fat. And so either way it becomes a problem because um, you're still living at, you know, at a place where you've gone too far. Um, 
And it was just my unwillingness to like change things because it was low carb and paleo and that's the way to do it. And then as soon as I got home, I started like I created a macro plan for myself and I was I went from like under 50 net, not net carbs, under 50 total carbs a day um, and bumped that up to like 150, 160 and brought my fat down and everything evened out within a couple of weeks. Like my thyroid hormones went back to normal. My sleep went back to normal. My body composition went back to normal and it was like, oh, so there are multiple ways to skin a cat and low carb isn't the answer for everything. And maybe paleo is not the answer for everything. And depending on what you're doing in your life and how you feel and what your body has going on, like someone with Hashimoto's or someone with a hypoactive thyroid or someone with PCOS or somebody with um, depression or whatever it is, is going to need something different than, you know, any any number of other people. So uh, that kind of for me was the big light bulb of there's no such thing as a panacea for everybody and paying attention to how your body's responding to something uh, is so important. And I like the thing that you say where like, if what you're doing isn't working, do the exact opposite. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But also like if you're doing something that worked, like if something works for a period of time, that doesn't mean it's going to work forever. And when it stops working, you know, it's time to yeah. try something else. Oh, and it's like, well, in high school, I did this. It's like, well, right, high right, school right, was right. 20 years ago, girl. Yeah. That- <laughs> But not even. I mean, even like it worked. It worked last year. You oh, know. Yeah. I was like, well, things have changed. You know, your physiology yeah, has changed. Said, Stress has changed. When you said the, that your postpartum body is like is a different body, so not to be worried about what you used to do. I I think even not postpartum, like my body now is a different body than it was six months ago. Totally. So what yeah. I was doing six months ago might not even. And things like how stressed you are in your life or how much rest you happen to be getting right now, or if you move and it's hotter there or whatever, like so many things can impact yeah, the reaction that your body's going to have to anything that mm-hmm. we like, I there, there's not going to be, and that's the hard thing I think about like podcasts and blogging and, and the whole thing and answer and answering anybody's questions is that there's never going to be a black and white answer. Right to anything. There's not a prescription for health and fitness and happiness and balance because that's going to look different to every single person. Like my sister living my life would not be happy. Right. And, and, and me living her life would, I would not be happy. Same. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do one. Let's just wrap this all up with you one know, last question. Sorry. <laughs> one last question about motivation and consistency. Question number four is from Jackie. I legit struggle with motivation and consistency. When it comes to both working out and eating well, even knowing so many benefits of both, I usually am pretty consistent for a couple of months and then it waxes and wanes. Finding the best time to work out is a struggle for a variety of reasons. And she has in parentheses excuses. She says she works night shifts. She's, you know, does a lot. Um, the weird thing is that I enjoy my workouts, but it just feels like pulling teeth to get there. I do a little bit better with eating, but I've gone through some major life changes stressors, which make me want to eat all the not so good for me foods. That's another way of saying it as well. So I'm struggling to find balance and cutting myself some slack and doing what I know is best for my body. Um, any thoughts there, Kristen? I think main, you know, main, like, cause we've had a couple questions about this is just, look, I, I have motivation. Like I, well, I, maybe I struggle with motivation and consistency because life, um, like lots of life things happen and we all have stress and all the things. So how do we, you know, get into the gym or do things that are, that are, you know, he- make healthy de- choices and decisions, you know, when we are stressed and maybe don't have very little time. 
Um, so I don't think I don't think motivation is a real thing either. Okay, so tell us about that. <laughs> well, no, because I think that again, there's this thing of like waiting for motivation. Yeah, it's never yeah. gonna come. Well, if I'm you're waiting motivated. to feel motivated, it's not gonna happen. I would have to agree with you there. Yeah, like the motivation yeah. comes from the action. It's like a snowball thing. So mm-hmm. you go to the gym, you feel good, yes. and that's your motivation to go the next day. I'm so I'm, I'm supposed to go work out at six. And I don't feel like it, not because I'm tired or under recovered or anything. I just don't really feel like it. I would like to stay in the clothes I have on and not change. But I <laughs> and hang out but with I my know dog. that yeah. I'm going to feel awesome at seven o'clock when it's done. And I know I'm going to be happy that I went and I know I'm going to be annoyed with myself if I don't. And that's my motivation to go. It's the same thing with like I say to people all the time, I eat whatever I want to eat. It just it's di- what I want to eat is just different than it used to be. Like I I don't feel deprived not eating gluten because I don't feel good when I eat it. So that's my motivation to not eat it is that I I like not feeling like there's a air balloon like a balloon full of air in my stomach, and I I try to make sure that I eat enough food because I don't like feeling so hungry that I'm nauseous or crappy in my workouts. And that's my motivation. So the, the, like, how do you motivate yourself is you, you don't, you just, you do the thing, you do the action, you, you kind of, you get it done. And then you remember how you feel when you do it. And that's the motivation. So like you have to do the action in order to be motivated because just sitting around, like it's not, you're not, you're never going to wake up and just be like, I'm so motivated. Yeah. I think this is important, too. We all have to notice our own tendencies, and I'm sure everybody knows about Gretchen Rubin and all the tendencies, but I think it really puts into perspective, you know, ways in which we all stay accountable. So sometimes it it helps to have a friend that you are meeting at the gym and having an external force, a person saying, you know, I'm meeting you there and you have to be held accountable to them is really what helps. Other people can just, you know, in their minds be like, okay, I'm going to remember. I know how I felt. I know I need to get in there and do this. I don't have the motive. I don't necessarily want to do it, but I'm going to get up and do it anyway. Um, And so understanding how you work and, you know, what exactly it is that is going to hold you accountable and get you to the gym, you've got to play into all those things. And it sounds a little bit like manipulation and it sort of is, you know, it sort of is like, how do I get myself there? Because once I get there, I know I'm going to feel happier and I'm going to be happy that I am there. And especially when it's done, I'm going to feel a lot better. And so sometimes it's laying, you know. Back in the day, it was, let me just go to bed in my gym clothes and I wake up and I don't even have to think about it and I literally can just walk out the door. (laughs) Um, And so it's little things like that that are just going to remove some of those barriers. How can you remove those barriers that are like little things that are just enough to stop you from actually taking the action? Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's a little thing. Like my dad keeps saying he needs to go to the gym and he's like, well, what's better to go in the morning or the night? I'm like, whenever you're going to go, yeah, the better time right, to go. Right. I don't care when it is in the morning or night. And he's like, well, I don't know what to do. So, okay, go tomorrow and just walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Do something. Yeah. And then we decided that he needs to hire a trainer and have somebody actually force him to go. Yeah. But I'm looking at this also. She says she does yoga or she does. She says she does CrossFit and she said she wants to hire a health coach but doesn't have the financial um, space to do that. If you're a member at a CrossFit gym, I promise you, if you go to your coach or the owner and say, I need some help being accountable, can you, I want to come in here three times a week. 
can you please stay on top of me for a month until I get into the habit? They're going to do it. Yeah. Like (laughs) they're going to do it. People who own CrossFit gyms and who coach CrossFit are not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they want to help you. And if you're already a member there and you're already paying a membership fee and you ask them for help being accountable, I, if they say no, find a new gym because because it's not you've a good CrossFit. There. You've got a health coach. There's no yeah. reason to pay somebody else. You've got a coach there. Just voice it to them. Communicate that you want help. Asking for help is the beginning. And then and then just, yeah. Having them hold you accountable, yeah. Yeah. I think that, that would be you know, great. Or, you, or other members. Tell, tell a friend that goes there that you're having a hard time staying motivated. Yeah. And that, that like, hey – Let's all let's will you do the six o'clock with me every day and all or, or every other day or whatever and I'll make and text me and whatever you know all sometimes all you need is someone to text you and say hey you coming it's true very true I I mean I used to when I had a real job in the corporate world um and I had to be there well, at you're a published author you have a real oh, job oh I don't know about that uh the see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, when I had to be somewhere at eight, which now I can't imagine. Um, when I had to be at work at eight o'clock, I would sometimes go swim or whatever at like five. I would never have done that had I not had friends that were also training and swimming with me. I can tell you that there were like there was like an adult swimming class. It was like more of like a triathlon swim class. And even though I really wasn't training for triathlons at the time, I would go and I went there because all of my other CrossFit friends, there was like four or five girls that we all met and swam. I would never in a million years have been there if they were not there. Because it was like, hey, yeah. party, we're going to swim at 5 a.m. And then afterwards, it was fun. And we all chatted and we all it was like started the day and it was great and it was really enjoyable. Now you won't find me ever in a pool because nobody's fun is there for me to swim with. So you don't want to just do laps by yourself. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to say one more thing and it's going to be yeah. one sentence and then that'll be it and I'll stop rambling. Great. Um, I So one of the things with, with people who are really, really, or who are busy and work long shifts, if you, if every day is a fly by the seat of your pants, I'm going to get in when I can get in. You're probably not going to go in. So I might suggest investing in something like a planner. So I have a planner that breaks everything down by the hour and every Sunday I sit down and I write what I'm going to do each day. Cause also working from home, it's easy to get distracted. So when you create everything like an appointment and treat them like appointments, like I am going to yoga at six o'clock on Tuesday, you know, you know, your work schedule. So you look at your shifts and then you see your whole week and you, and you plug in when mm. you're going to ho- go to the gym or yoga or whatever it is like an appointment, as opposed to a secondary thing that you maybe will get to. Yeah. Then, you know, if you have a, if you have a doctor's appointment, you're going to go, right? So just schedule it like you schedule appointments and do it at a, a week at a time so that every day isn't like, oh, see if I can do it. And then come the end of the week. And now another week has gone by and you've not started. Good sentence, Kristen. <laughs> That's really good. I like that idea. A um, lot of commas and semicolons. <laughs> and dot, dot, dots. Yeah, I love it. Okay, that's it. We've gone over. Um, sorry, talk to I'm us. Sorry. No, this is me trying to be respectful of your time. Talk to me about where we can find you and what you're doing and like, you know, because we all want more from you. Well, this is easy and fast. I do most of my stuff on the, at the girl with the butter on Instagram because Instagram is more fun. Yay. Uh, <laughs> kind of on Facebook a little bit sometimes at the girl with the butter and then the girl with the butter.com is uh, where you can 
read some stuff and sign up for the email list if you're interested in the whole small group nutrition coaching thing, which will start again next year. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Pretty much everything is always at the girl with the butter on Instagram. And we'll link to it. And then also to your, we'll link to your podcast. Oh yeah. And the podcast publishes. every Thursday. Yeah. This is podcast paleo. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> um, cool. All right. For more from me, go to coconuts and kettlebells.com for more from Kristen, the girl with the butter.com and Stephanie can be found at paleo for women.com. She will be back next week. Uh, if you have questions, you can email us, wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and make sure to follow us on the Insta at wellfedwomen. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>